welcome Joe. welcome to our invite only podcast how are you doing oh good thank you yeah thank you for having me oh you're very welcome and you're just back from india yeah got back on sunday i loved it so what were you there for i was doing a ayurvedic cleanse oh. and um and with this at this place called dr unis's with my very good friend doris lafrene who's like 80 years old and can stand on her head, do the splits. <laughs> She's completely potty. She's obset- <laughs> more obsessed with what she eats than I am. And that's okay. saying a lot. <laughs> uh, and she didn't like the food and all that. But anyway, the, it was a great thing to do because you do this Ayurvedic cleanse and it just clears out everything. But you have every day, you have a massage, a body scrub, and all different sort of treatments. And the the first day I went in for my massage, <laughs> I um, he, uh, walked into this little room and there was a rope hanging from one side of the room to the other. I thought, oh, what's that for? And then he said, okay, take everything off. So I went, uh, can I have some knickers, please? <laughs> and then he gave me some little paper knickers and then, um, and then he said, lie on the floor. And I thought he was going to get on his knees and start massaging me. But he holds on to the rope and he just gets his feet and he just massages into my bum, up my back, into my neck, under my armpits, <laughs> over my boobs. It was unreal. I was like, didn't know whether to laugh. I was going to say, how does one react to that? <laughs> what is the etiquette? I really control myself. <laughs> it was unbelievable. But you know, you get used to it every day because every single day I had one of the those. The same one? Yeah, Thomas. As, have you always been into these sort of treatments or is it something that you're seeking out and how's it all come about? Um, I think when I sort of changed a bit when I, uh, in the 90s, when I met a herbalist who detoxed me and was it, that for any reason or? yeah because I wasn't well and and they diagnosed me with Crohn's disease okay and and they put me on steroids for two years mm. and it took my soul away really and <clears throat> then I did this article in the paper and it said Stone's wife an incurable disease <gasps> And I got hundreds and hundreds. They get sent over a box full of mail back in those days. Mm. And I sat on the floor and I read all the letters from people with Crohn's disease and different illnesses. And and then I picked up this one letter and it was from a guy called Gerald Green. And he said, come and see me. I will put your Crohn's disease into remission for life. I got in my car mm. the next day, I called him, got in my car the next day, drove down to see him, and in that three hours I was with him, he changed my life. He t- the first thing he said to me was, what do you eat? I thought, what do I eat? Mm. You know, what's he, what's he asking me that for? That's insane. And, and so I said, you know, on Friday I get pizza or McDonald's and do this, do that, and... I eat lean cuisine meals with my sister. And, and then he started telling me about the food. And he told me about, um, gene- he taught me about genetically modified food. He taught me about uh, the chemicals they spray on our fields. That was back in the early 90s. Mm. And he changed my life forever. Because as I walked out that door, I thought to myself, why have we come so far from nature? Why have... It's insane. Uh, and I started changing 
the way I ate, I searched out organic food and I detoxed my body. And I was feeling so wonderful and I suddenly got really ill. They rushed me into hospital and they found I had a perforated appendix. Right. I'd never had Crohn's disease. Oh, gosh. But if I hadn't detoxed my body, the doctor said I might have just died because my appendix was so bad. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And I laid there in hospital and I was recovering and I thought, I am going to be an organic girl for the rest of my life because if I hadn't done that, I would have died. So then I became obsessed with organic food, uh, um, just completely obsessed. I was searching for it all the time, all the time. And it was really hard then. Um, and, um, and then I started growing my own food and I grew all these my first crop of organic potatoes and I didn't want to leave them and we were going on tour and we were going to Paris. <laughs> little potato babies. <laughs> so, I so I packed them in a suitcase and I took them to Paris with me. And oh, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> it. Excuse me, madam, what have you got in that suitcase? Drugs? No potatoes. <laughs> my three children kilo, three kilos of potatoes <laughs> so they so that I got the cook backstage to um cook them all up for me and I had, they had this big bowl backstage and it says Joe's organic potatoes Keith came up to me and said the trouble with you darling is you're addicted to organic food <laughs> looked at him and I thought are you mad <laughs> have I you have you spread your advice amongst the stones are they oh, now yeah, yeah, yeah. organic lovers yeah. oh yeah Patty Keith's wife is completely obsessed and she fe- I think I think that's why he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> it's all down to you yes <laughs> and, and it's all come as part of quite a big life overhaul really you've moved from Camden over to Northampton show was that about three years ago yeah 2019 and what was the reason for that was it hard to leave Camden behind and do you miss it do you know I, I just became obsessed with getting out of London and I wanted it to get out of London so much I've been there for ages you know and and one night I'm sitting at home on on the bed and I was doing whatever it is you know those what are they called right move right move things like that and this little house popped up and it said, farmhouse, Northamptonshire, off-grid. I went, oh, off-grid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when am I ever going to get a chance to live off-grid? So off, I took Ty, my son, with me. We went to see it. It was all white inside. It was really yucky. It was modern and it was sad mm. because it was an old farmhouse mm. and they'd stripped out all the character. And it was just calling me, really, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get this. And do you feel much more peaceful? Yeah. Because um, you seem like a very peaceful person anyway. Yeah. Um, but has it helped you become even more... Yeah, it's just that getting up and looking out the window and it's beautiful and it's green and the trees and the hills and the fields. I find that very satisfying. Because COVID's obviously very much on people's minds at the moment because the inquiry's ongoing. How has that been for you? Because you had a really tough time, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I lost my brother. But my, I didn't lose my brother to COVID. He died with COVID, but he had right. uh, heart disease. So his heart was only working at 20%. And when they, okay. he went into hospital, because his wife was really worried, and he went into hospital and they gave him something to make him more comfortable. And, of course, if you give somebody something like that and their heart's only working at 20%, they go, they're going. 
So it was, I missed my brother so mm. much, yeah. Yeah, it must have been awful. Yeah. It all, it all went, was going mad for us at COVID. So we didn't really think about COVID at all because I had Otis in the hospital, brother, losing my brother, and my sister went into hospital as well. Were you able to see them when they were in hospital? No, my brother went in, he was gone the next day. Gosh, that must have been so hard. Yeah. And then my sister was also in the hospital. But anyway, that's it. We're all fine now. Which is the important thing. I yeah. mean, how do, do you... Obviously now we've got a lot of politicians up having to answer for their actions. Do you have yeah. a reaction to that when you see it? How does it make you feel when you hear people trying to give their excuses for these situations? Um, well, it's all part of the plan. Mm. It's all part of the plan. It's, uh, uh, it's happened all over the world and it's all because of the WEF, World mm. Economics Forum, and... Um, you know that's what they're doing and mm. i i saw it early because, yeah because I, it, when otis was in hospital i i sat there and i thought the nurses are coming and going into a hospital and then going back to their families and coming back in again and mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense to me and then i got covid and then when i got better i thought fantastic i've got antibodies i being an alternative medicine and yeah. things like that, yeah. I thought, fantastic. I've had COVID. That's it. I've got antibodies. I'm good. And then they started saying, no, you've got to go and have the shot. I said, you, not on your Nelly. I'm not going to have any shot because <laughs> I... Well, it's interesting looking back because I think people felt so pressured into it. It was. You know, it was a whole epidemic of people, yeah, just accepting the government's word. And, and looking back, you wonder when sometimes... You, when you look back and see how they did it and how they coerced everybody it's it's awful really they they have a lot to account for and we should stand up against them but so many people won't i went on my first march the other day did you what for freedom march freedom of speech amazing and how was it <laughs> wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Not, not like this. Like you're there. You're ready marches. to take the city. Come on, <laughs> come on everybody! But um, no, it was interesting. But it was like-minded people were there, so it was great. Yeah, I think that's the thing. People can feel quite powerless because, like Boris has just been unveiled on um, GB News yes. um, as a presenter, and yeah. Matt Hancock's on SAS Celebrity SAS, and people are like, you're profiting w- from I it. I love SAS, and I could not watch it this time. That's how, what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people <sighs> are very upset, and he never took any accountability on that show. He still was saying it's unjust that I lost my job, you know. And it's like he, I think he's slightly got screw loose. Yeah, I think so. without a doubt. I think so because I just can't believe. That he and he went into something else as well. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm a celebrity. celebrity. I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was horrified. Yeah, he sort of did all right horrified. then. Um, but actually, he shouldn't really have that platform at the moment. I think it's too soon. What MP does things like that? Yeah, mm. yeah. Especially somebody like him. He should. Yeah, he should be accountable for what he did do you have any advice or tips for how you dealt with your grief and and overcame that difficult period um uh well I think for me because there were so many other things going on I don't suppose I've really really mourned my brother Uh, and I think that's also because I couldn't go to his funeral 
uh, and I watched it on a little screen. So that was because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and so me and my sister are talking about doing something at my house for him. Because he loved his live music and, and we want to just have a, like a celebration of his life. So we're going to must redo that next year. What will that look like, do you think? Have you got any ideas? Yes, it'd be... Um, Live music. Live music, <laughs> yeah. And um, his son is a good musician, so... Okay. And, and they used to be in a band together. So I'll get Ted in, and and uh, and my cousin, also named Paul Carslake, he's, he's got uh, a band. And so we, we've got it all sort of roughly together. We've just got to pull in all his mates. Yeah. So I think that would be really good for me because... I'll get up and say a few words and have a little cry. Well, it's important, mm. isn't it? It's yeah. important to go mm. through that process, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and I think it's important that we all celebrate his life because he was a great artist. Mm. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what does a usual Saturday look like for you? Do you, because you run Strictly, do you watch the new season of Strictly? Yes. Do you watch it? Yes. Who's I'll your, who's your favourite? Well, um, I, I, I quite proud of Angela Rippon yeah she's she, amazing she got through again at the weekend mm. didn't she mm. I like her and I love I can't remember his name the gay couple uh, God. Leighton oh Leighton. Leighton yeah what a great <laughs> dancer is he mm. yeah oh, although no. he is sort of professional so there's a little bit of oh is um, he yeah he's, on, he's been point. on the west end mm. <laughs> but we still love Leighton we still love Leighton oh, I'm so disappointed <laughs> sorry Jo <laughs> I thought this guy is picking these steps up fantastic. I, I think <laughs> I broke the illusion. I'm so sad. Oh no! I think it's it was one of the ones because obviously every year there's a kind of oh has that person got more experience than that person or this person? I, he does genuinely have proper dance experience, but I think so that they're holding on very tightly to the whole he's never done ballroom before thing, mm. and obviously it is very different. On the other hand, <laughs> but it is a joy. He's to obviously watch. got skills. Yeah. Obviously got skills. I mean, I just thought he was picking it up naturally. <laughs> I thought he was brilliant. I mean, I think the person that's moved me the most is Annabelle. Um, you know, Annabelle yeah, she Croft. was great. And because you know, her husband passed away three months before she went on, and she—I don't know how she's doing it. Yeah, really. every day she says she cries. And the last one that she did, um, I think that was her couple's choice. It was just yeah. beautiful. She, kind of, she sort of blew a kiss to the sky, and it was like there's not a dry eye in the house. It was a really, really emotional moment. And I think it just shows. I mean, you were on Strictly. I don't know how you felt, but it shows that it can really help move you on from a chapter. And yes, you see, I just split up with Ronnie when I went on yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think for me, because I'd lived so much in his coattails, and for me to come out and do something like mm. that. I wish I could do it now rather than when I did it. Why is that? Ten. Because I, I've been out and about for you know, <laughs> the last 12 years. Mm. And then I, had, I hadn't stepped out really since mm. I was modelling in my modelling days. How did that feel then? Because also you would have been going through your own heartache from the split. Yeah. How, how, was that nerve-wracking? My mum was great. She said, Josephine... She always calls me Josephine. <laughs> Josephine, you've got to do it. And she was mm. so proud of me for doing it. So I did it for my mum, really. Yeah. What was your kind of headspace like at that point? Well, uh, <clears throat> I did it um, strictly in 2009. And Ronnie left in 2000 and 
July 2000. So I was on my way back to mm. being Joe again. Mm. And Brendan was so fantastic to me. I miss Brendan. I do too. <laughs> he was so fantastic and he he just, you know, guided me and and we'd chat for hours and and then I think, oh gosh, I should have been rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was just brilliant with me. I, I really thanked him so much. I, and when it was all over, I, I cried. Everyone says that because it's such a family. Yeah, it is. And it's such a protective family. You yeah. can escape from the entire world while you're in that circle. It was a great experience. It was, and now afterwards I thought, if I can do that, I can do anything. Because I was going to say, what was the... Could you kind of almost draw a line from the person at the beginning and the person at the end? Yeah. And I was so proud of myself. I got did six weeks. Yes, yeah, great. Mm. For somebody who hadn't danced at all, I did six weeks. But I think I just got the sympathy vote every week. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I, I do. don't think that's I true do. either. <laughs> but it was great. A great ego boost. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like that's exactly what... Um, Annabelle will be doing right now I feel like it will be such a stepping stone for her that she needed and also her husband was such a big fan of the show so it's it was so Isn't meaningful nice. I think we've seen there's been a few people though who've, who've sort of gone on it at a key moment you've got Louise Redknapp who went on it and and her she's obviously left Jamie and then Helen Skelton after her relationship ended I think it's a real it's kind of a really empowering thing yeah that people need at a certain point yeah I think it was very good for me I think it's good for anybody to to do it actually yeah have you got any tips for the people left in um just work hard and rehearse spend less time chatting yeah. <laughs> yeah. are you still in touch with brendan or do you ever see him uh, uh i saw him um was it last year but it's like when i see him it's like i've saw, saw him you know the week before yeah um but we we text things over instagram and whatsapp Mm. You know, if I want to ask him something, I'll ask him. He's he'll always be there. Have you kept the dancing up in any form? No, <laughs> not at all. Not, not even at the cowboy party. No, not at the cowboy party. <laughs> Nothing. I wanted to ask you more about the cowboy party because that sounded really immense. It was great. It was great. Um, uh, Ronnie came with uh, Sally and the girls. Um, all the kids were there. All Ty's friends were there. Ty stayed up all night. Yes, that's my boy. <laughs> uh, did, did you stay up all night? That's what I, I want to know. Too. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. It's that's respectable. Good. It's respectable. Yeah, yeah, it was not bad. Um, I was just knackered. I'd, it was all that build up to, to doing, you know, is everything right and the tables and this and that. And I was knackered. Was yeah. it full on sort of cowboy boy, cowboy boots? You couldn't get hats. in unless you were a cowboy. <laughs> Chaps. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was really good. It seems like you are a really close family. Yeah, we. Yes, I adore my kids, all my kids, and, and all my grandchildren. So many. That's amazing. Ten. I have the most beautiful. Um, they, uh, Lola, my step granddaughter, she's very beautiful. Um, Maggie, Leah, my daughter's daughter. I I think she's the most beautiful, of course, girl <laughs> in the world, and she's fourteen and she's tall. And she's stunning, and 
I just wrote to my friend Sarah Dukas at Storm Model Agency because I oh, used to be at you? Storm and said, Sarah, do you want to see my granddaughter? She's beautiful. So they're dying to see her. They I sent her a picture and they said, oh, we want to see her. Amazing. So and she'd like to do that. Is she quite keen? Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Would yeah. you have any reservations about that industry? I mean, actually, I think it's better now than it ever mm. was. Actually, it's more protective. But would you have any reservations? No. No, because I think it's great for her to travel. Yeah. It's great for her to have confidence in herself. She's a clever girl as well. Not like me. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> clever at all. We're not I, agreeing with that. <laughs> I We're just not. wanted to leave school and, uh, and be a model. That's all I wanted to do. But it's clever in different ways because you can be worldly clever, can't you? You can be sociably yeah. clever um, yeah. and achieve that way. Um, yeah. I think I was worldly clever. I remember going to Paris and, and uh, my agent making me go out to dinner. I was 16. Uh, out to dinner with the, another model and two of these old guys Ooh. and I was sitting there and I thought to myself <laughs> I don't like this and as I was 16 so mm-hmm. I got up and went to the loo and went out the door well done yeah mm-hmm. extremely smart yeah see that's street smart <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> and actually while we're talking about modeling um you were I don't know if it's fair to say close but you're close to Vivian Westwood and um, yeah. went to her memorial um I just wondered if you had any stories about her yeah, um, she's she's wonderful. She's she was great. She was so potty. <laughs> I just loved the way she was. I gave her some of my fragrance not so long ago, and I said, "Here, Vivian, here's some of my fragrance." She said, "I don't wear fragrance." Oh wow! Oh. Na- I said, "Well, just try it. Just try it. It's all organic." So she sprayed it on her, and she went. <laughs> Okay, I'll keep it. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Praise from on high. Yeah, from a like, woman that doesn't Ooh, wear it. I'm upset yeah. that she didn't wear fragrance. Yeah. So she just liked her own scent, the smell of success. Yeah, yeah. But um, clearly, she was. Yeah, she was lovely. I love Vivian. She was just a um, great, legendary woman, wasn't she? I think she had this amazing quality that you just. She just wasn't afraid. That punk yeah. quality. Yeah. I love a woman that's not afraid. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think that's fantastic. My mum used to say, fear is man's greatest enemy. That's mm. true. And it's really true. And the older I get, the less fear I have. Which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is the case for most people, actually. I think your 20s and 30s, um, you're trying to build a career, stability, home life, as well as, like independence it's so difficult um looking back at your 20s how do you feel like it must have been such a crazy time I guess what were you afraid of back then as well well I didn't think actually I don't think much Uh, um I'd had Jamie when I was 19 I had Leah when I was 23 and Ty when I was 27 or 28 and um I, d- I think, well, I think when I had Jamie, I, that made me grow up because mm. it's young to have a child. Now I see yeah. it is, but at the time I thought, what's everybody making a fuss about? What's my mum and dad making a fuss about? I'm having a baby, for God's sake. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they were right. It was, you know, young. And I look at my niece now, who's 19, I can't imagine that she would mm. ever have a be ready to have a child yeah not yet so actually in some ways your 20s were kind of t- com- taken over by that completely yeah looking after a little fella like that and realizing I'd made a terrible mistake 
getting married to my first husband. Luckily, he's no longer with us. So <laughs> I can say that. Well, those are some, <laughs> some serious life lessons, aren't they, yeah, at the age of 19? lots of life lessons. And my mum and dad saying to me, you're making a terrible mistake. No, I love him. I love him. <laughs> and then realising, oh, damn, they were right. But now I've got a baby. Yeah. Uh, How is it to parent in the face of that? Because, like, knowing, you know, seeing it from the other side, I think it's a big moment for everyone when you when you become a parent and then you're seeing all of those lessons from the same side as your parents. Yeah. Well, it made me grow up, uh, mm. for sure. And... Um, and, and my mum had, my sister was only six, oh no, nine. So she still had a young family. So, and so she wasn't there for me because she had mm. my sister and my brother. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good lessons make you grow up really quick. And how did you balance motherhood with? the rock style life like how did you do that I was lucky we had when we moved to Los Angeles um I had a great nanny called Jay and she was fantastic because we were partying a lot yeah then yeah well I'm glad you got to do that as well yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah having Jay lost the early there. 20s Jay was there we'd stay up all night we'd have a house full of musicians roadies sleeping on the floor <laughs> just it was insane what are your favorite memories from that time um uh well my one of my hates was always being awake when the sun was getting out and coming up i hated that yeah really? yeah because yeah, i knew the kids were going to be up soon that that is horrendous <laughs> that is giving fear. me the fear <laughs> there's the fear yeah. <laughs> yeah we found it yeah <laughs> and that i used to hate and i used to really think oh, i've got to get to bed the sun's coming up the kids are going to be up in a minute oh but the more you try and force it the less yeah. you can sleep <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. at the ceiling um so uh what was the question again just your favorite memories oh. or memories oh lots i've got lots and lots of memories i loved it when we went to um on tour we went to um argentina and the stones had never been there before and when we arrived there were thousands and thousands of people at the airport screaming and shouting for them and then we drove down the road from the airport to the hotel and the cars were coming really close to our vans and they were just touching the vans, just wow. leaning right out, getting right out the car and touching the vans. And, and then we pulled into the ho hotel and there were thousands of people there and they had to be squashed through and into the hotel. We couldn't leave the hotel. It's crazy. And all night long they stayed outside the hotel and they were just going... Ole, 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 Keith, Keith, or Mick, Mick, or Ronnie, Ronnie, Charlie, Charlie. So they just sang all night long. I couldn't believe it. It was the most wildest thing I've ever experienced. Do you ever get used to that kind of adoration? Well, do you think they get used to it? Yeah, mm. I didn't have to get used to it. It wasn't, it wasn't. I guess just being in that being in that world. Yeah. Because it's so you, surreal, isn't it? Yeah, you do, you do. It becomes normal. And like the kids, for the kids, people used to always say, what was it like for the kids growing up? And I said, well, they didn't know any different mm. because it was, that was it. 
Mm. That was their life. And uh, seeing dad going on stage and thousands of people screaming at them, you just get used to it. Mm. They've all stayed so humble, haven't they? It's quite amazing. Yeah, they're all good. They're all good guys. Yeah. Mick is the hardest one to... to, um, get through to but yeah he feels I, like an enigma yeah, somewhat <laughs> but I absolutely adore Keith he's absolutely such a he's been a good friend to me as well mm. and his wife I only saw them the other day oh that's so nice yeah. where did you see them in the hotel because they were here launching the album mm. so I went out for dinner with Patty in what way is Mick hard to get through to oh, he's different characters you can you can sit next to him at dinner and he'll be absolutely wonderful. And the next day you see him in a totally blank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why you do think, you think that is? What have I done? What have I done? But it's, not, it's just him. That's the in way he mouth. is. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't realise. I don't know. Uh, maybe nobody's told him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because... Nobody dares tell him. Hi, Mick. <laughs> the only person that I've recently seen such hype around that I think would be similar to that is Harry Styles at his concerts when he did four or five Wembley shows recently. And I think he sort of styled himself on the Stones, you know, Mick Jagger and that. Yeah. Um, do the, are the Stones aware that um, Harry sort of idolises them and they're sort know. of embracing I've, I've hung the out show. with Harry. I think he's just great. He's, he's, no one's got a bad word to say about yeah, Harry. Yeah, he's lovely. He wanted to buy my house once, the one in Camden. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Or did you not sell and it I to wasn't, him? No, I said, I'm not selling my house. <laughs> Which I had now. How did this conversation come about? Because I, I had been out with, um, been out at the arts club or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been out there and he was there. And I'd met him before. And then a, a, a week later, I was, came out of my house and he'd been looking at houses around mine. Mm. And I came out of my house, oh, Harry, <laughs> what are you doing outside my house? He said, I'm looking at a house down there. He said, is yours for sale? <laughs> I said, no, it's not. <laughs> But it could have been. been. Imagine if you'd done it on the doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Yes, have it. Why not? Yeah, no, wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> Doubled the price. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you have so many celebrity connections. Um, and I wondered, actually, I, I saw that your, your friends, well, you were friends with Paul O'Grady as well. Oh, I know. I believe that he's so gone. sad. He, he, I think he was one of the biggest losses felt by the nation in a long time. It's incredible. Um, yeah. And just wondered what your relationship was like with him. Yeah, he was wonderful. Because we used to hang out with Scylla, mm. Paul, and, and, you know, they came to come to birthdays and things like that and and it was sad when Scylla went I mean mm. she fell over and whacked her head oh didn't gosh, she she did mm. yeah. yes uh, he was devastated by that because they were really close and then him going I wished I'd seen him more in the last few mm. years you know when you know when you see people like, oh must get in hold of you must get mm. hold and then they go and die and you think oh damn it why mm. didn't I make a bigger effort he was so loved as well, and I think like we we sort of had conversations about him at the time. And one of the things that really came through was how much fun people had with him. Yeah, yeah he was great, and wasn't he wonderful when he used to do his drag thing, Lily, mm-hmm. Lily Savage. Yeah, total trendsetter. So wonderful! What a great loss he is. Um, mm. I wasn't expecting that at all. Mm. 
Yeah. Nor was I with Vivian, but Vivian was older. Mm. But oh, she yeah. was fit as a fiddle. She used to cycle mm. everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think both of them sort of had a feel of the indestructible about them, really. Yeah. But I suppose that's what happens. As my mother said, none of us get out of here alive. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother do you right. do you believe in an afterlife? Yes, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think this is just it, is it? Can't be. So, what do you believe in terms of what comes next? Um, uh, I think when you die, we are um, energy, and you can't kill energy. It, it's got to be here. It's just these this coating that we lose, and I think your energy stays. On. I, I don't know what, but this I saw a documentary once and they were talking about dark matter and they said, we know dark matter's all around us. It holds the universe together, uh, uh, but we, you can't see it, feel it, touch it, nothing. So, But we know it's there. Uh, and, uh, and this guy said, for all we know, there could be another race of beings that are dark energy that are here, maybe that's what happens to us. We become this dark energy. Mm. Uh, I don't know. But um, I recently <laughs> did uh, Help My House is Haunted. Oh. <laughs> and and we had a little something happen at the house. So what happened? I can't tell you. The programme oh, is no. now coming out next year. Oh, that's ages away. Something, <laughs> something happened. Can, can you not tell us? They might have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I said to my brother... Paul, for God's sake, do something in the house. You have to see the programme. We will. Wow, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> it, was, it was so interesting, really, really interesting, because I, I, I always felt that there was something there, but I, I'm very, I'm fine with it. Mm. You know, I'm not afraid of it. I'm fine. Yeah. I quite like to think that ghosts yeah well it's nicer than thinking there's nothing definitely yeah. I think that's the scariest thing yeah and they found them that you know it and, was interesting and are you Kabbalah is that Kabbalah oh this is Doris oh this is Doris <laughs> so I'm pointing at Joe's bracelet here which looks like Bobby Brazier on Strictly is Kabbalah yeah um, no, I'm not Kabbalah but this is Doris and this is for protection oh yes and I can't okay. remember what she said the black one was for but she put them on just before I left oh lovely yeah Feels important. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's oh, you're not leaving without me putting these on. The last one I had lot was on for three years. Wow. <laughs> it seems like, like you've got a lot of tools as well towards a long life because you've got your own brand of pills, haven't you? Longevity yes, pills. Longevity pills. Which you grow in your garden? The lion's mane I grow okay. in the outhouse. Um, my son, Jamie, he makes um, mushroom pills with turkey tail, lion's mane, reishi, those sort of things. And and I, for years and years now, I take, put in my coffee, or mushroom coffee, in the morning, I put in maca, which is great for hormones and uh, uh, keeping it level, balanced, especially for women. Um, and it's also very good as a, um, uh, a sex thing oh. as well. It? <laughs> it makes you whatever oh great <laughs> See, i was i was going to ask if they had hallucinogenic properties no 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 <coughs> no so we're going in a different direction no yeah. this is purely health okay and so so then i take maca in my teaspoonful of maca in my coffee and i put um uh grass-fed collagen 
and I put another powder that I discovered last year called Hechu Wu. And Hechu Wu is loved by the Chinese. It helps hair, it helps skin, they take it for longevity. So I said to Jamie, Jamie, make me some pills with these three things in it. And he said, well, why not? Let's put six things in it. Let's put lion's mane because it's great for brain health. Rishi, great for your immune system. And turkey tail is great to keep your white blood cells healthy. So if even if you've got cancer and you can take turkey tail and it will protect you. Um, And so I said, all right, then. So we came up with called them longevity because they will aid longevity. So that's what we're doing now. We're about to do a big deal, actually. They sound great. A a deal with who? Some big distributor absolutely loves them. That is very exciting. So, yeah, so that's what I do because um, that's what we're doing. And I, I think they're great. I think they're really, really good. And you are you are so successful. You have so many like businesses, inventions, and you're so active and going to India. And I just like, do, do you find time to date? Do you want to settle down, or do you like being your own woman? Uh, I actually like being my own woman. I think, um, I I suppose you kind of get selfish as you get older. And yeah, I mm. can't imagine sharing my house with anybody <laughs> well that's wonderful it's like carol vorderman she she has five men that she sees situationships as they're now called these days um so what are they called they're called situationships when you just have a relationship that suits you it's a, it suits your oh. situation and there's no more than it and that's it and she's got five i think hasn't she which i, I love I've and admire lots of male friends um uh, but um i'm quite happy as i am uh, I I don't want to. Uh, none of them seem to be any good that I go out with. So I'd rather, <laughs> oh, no. I'd rather not go out with anyone. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Like you've yeah. got standards, and you certainly don't need to settle for anyone. That's for sure. Um, so it's whether they enhance your life, isn't it? If someone comes along yeah. and makes somebody it has to be really, really special. What do you look for? Humor. Yeah. I think. I have to have a good sense of humour. Do you have to be careful as well that they're successful in their own right and not sort of sponging off you, basically? Had plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've had plenty of those. And um, I don't want to go there again. But So somebody has to be able to treat me like, um, you know, Joe, let's go to Paris for yes. the weekend. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I can't, um, I, I don't want to do that. I've done it enough times. Yeah. Do you find it quite hard to let your guard down? No, that's the worst thing. I let my <laughs> guard down quite quickly. Okay. And I'm, ah, this is me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm very much just that. But the thing <laughs> is, you should never change. And someone, you'll meet someone that doesn't take advantage of that. And that will be the right person. Yeah. Because you shouldn't have to keep your your guard up, should you? Yeah, I'm very... I don't know how to put my guard up. Good. <laughs> I, th- I Good. do think it's probably it's probably better that way. It's just... It's a difficult thing to... Um, I, th- I think it's a different thing when you're dating, when you've come from a marriage and when you've got older kids and when... You, there's a lot of things to consider, aren't they, in a way yeah. that you don't... You're not when you're kind of younger and single. Yeah. Without and children. You know, I went out with this guy a few years ago and um, 
and it was just before lockdown and and he stood in the kitchen and he's having an argument with me which i hate arguing mm. and he stood there and he goes um i i said what do you want what is it you want mm. and he said i want half of this <gasps> no i said <gasps> You get out. <laughs> yeah. You went hard. I said, the only people that are getting half of this are my kids. What did he say? And he said, I can't believe you put your kids before me. Okay. And I said, a red flag. And, and I like, always <laughs> will. <laughs> I can't believe someone actually said that. I can't I'm either. actually kind of mind yeah. blown by that. I know. I couldn't and did you get rid of him yeah. then? Absolutely. Good. Good. Oh, oh, that's like, it. So you're not stupid, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> But aren't like you just think when you hear something like that, aren't some people awful? Isn't that terrible? Yeah, but awful people will take advantage of good natured, you know, yeah. people. Um, but as long as you can get rid of them, that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your life is just so enriched by family anyway. Um, and it's so wonderful that you've got such a long-standing relationship with Ronnie and Sally as well. I think I think you sort of made friends with Sally before Ronnie in the end, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, I figure we spent so many years together and why wouldn't he be my friend? He was the one that went off, not me. Yeah. And and I made a big effort every year to invite the, him first to, before he went, was going out with Sally, and invite him for Christmas drinks, Christmas Eve. Ronnie, do you want to come? And he'd always say no. And then I invited, when he met Sally, I said, do you want to come? And she said, Yes. So lovely. So it was good. I, I don't know why he was like that <clears throat> with me. It was weird. I just automatically thought at the beginning that we would always be mates. He'd come over for dinner and it would be like that. But he was funny at first. Maybe because it was his yeah his move and maybe it was an awkwardness thing i think some some people are a bit like oh that might be awkward let's not and know. also if there are feelings still there you worry about seeing that person yeah yeah but, I, but right at the beginning my friend gail took me to this talk and this guy stood up and he started talking about forgiveness and he said um if you don't forgive somebody you are attached to them yes. for all your life the best thing you can possibly do is to forgive. And by forgiving, you release all of that and you you don't have to be their friend, but you forgive. And I went away, um, I went away with Jerry Hall, actually. We went to Kenya on safari with the kids mm. and I climbed up to this, this mountain. I went past Jimmy and Ty got to the top and I stood up there and I went I forgive you oh, Ronnie that's so lovely I forgive wow. you yeah yeah but and you felt so much lighter and I felt so much better and I've that's been the way ever since I've so do you spend him. every Christmas Eve together now or Christmas drinks together um s uh, sometime around Christmas depends if he's here yeah like mm. I think this year he's off to he's off to Kenya actually this year so yeah, so, it's a really lovely family tradition, isn't it? And it is yeah. important for the family to and spend. And my kids, I know my kids love it when they see us together. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really amazing thing, because I think that although you sort of speak about it and it's, it makes a lot of sense, but equally it is a hard thing to do and a lot yeah. of people don't manage it. So yeah. it's amazing that you've been able to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to. Important mm. for the family. Yeah. Mm. 
And coming up ahead, I mean, you've just done Abby Clancy's show, haven't you? Yeah. Um, that must have been lovely. And what is she like? I haven't met her yet and she seems like such a laugh. She is so great. I love her. She. I loved it that we went upstairs and she said, Joe, can I try on some of your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you can. What did she try on? She tried on, because I love vintage clothes, mm. so... I've got lots of um, Aussie Clark. I've got lots of um, uh, Bieber. Um, what's the other one? I've got lots of brains gone. Uh, Saint Laurent, all mm. things like that. So Chanel got a lovely. She didn't put my Chanel suit on, but it's tiny. Uh, and um, she tried on my Aussie Clark dress, my Yves Saint Laurent gold dress, and something else. Oh, this other one, that's sixties pearl dress. Oh, it's lovely. fab. Sounds but amazing. she looked she looked better in them than I do. <laughs> would you ever <laughs> would you ever rent those dresses out asking for a friend? Yeah. <laughs> I mean they sound amazing. Yeah, I've got some beautiful and dresses. And what size are they? <laughs> they're, they're actually I'm saving them for my granddaughter now. Yeah, oh wow, she's so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but she does I tried to get her into this beautiful little Bieber top, which is tiny, and she said, No, nah, Grand just want to wear my sweatpants and sneakers. Yeah. Oh, all right. That is today. Do they really call you gangster granny? Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. We Where, going, where's that come from? Yeah. We were going along in the car. Kobe, who's 14 as well. Uh, actually, they were 13. And Maggie, <coughs> who was 13 at the time. Going along and we were following Jamie and his wife. And, and I was... And anyway, I was driving and they started giggling in the back. And I said, what's going on? What's going on? They said... Gran, have you ever done drugs? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I said, yes, I have, actually. Gangster Gran! <laughs> Gangster Gran! <laughs> believe it. That I is said, legendary. But, but let me just tell you, it wasn't clever. And, it, you know, you have to try and... But, you know, it's... That's their age. They I'd don't. have just been pleased the questioning stopped there. Know, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that all I have to tell you? Okay, fine. Great. <laughs> I said it wasn't clever and I, it wasn't advisable. And if I could do it all again, I wouldn't do drugs. Are you quite like, as a mum and as a grandma, are you strict or are you quite. Um, with my kids, I'm strict. Stricter. But they tell me what to do now. <laughs> I really do. Um, it's quite nice having you have a choice of whether or not you listen, though. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, with the grandkids, no, they can have anything they want. <laughs> I love them all. It's different with the grandkids because when you have your own children, you're so busy in your life. You're wanting them to be good and polite and this and that, and you uh, you don't really appreciate them. And then suddenly. They're 16, and it's all over. Uh, but with your grandkids, you know this, and so you want to absorb it more and, mm. and just take it all in. I've seen an Instagram meme, and it's kind of like, as a parent, you're like, no, you can't have that. Take what you're given. As a grandparent, you're like, would you like your sandwiches cut into stars or yeah. cups? <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> No, yeah, I, you know the fury that's going to come if you cut it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I I love being a gran. Um, Jamie made me a granny when I was forty four. Wow! And geez. and he had his had Charlie, and Charlie is going to be twenty four, I think, something like that. 
and he's like a man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was there at his birth, and he um, and Charlotte, Jamie's girlfriend at the time, uh, she hemorrhaged as she was having him, and and they handed the baby to me, little Charlie, and they whizzed her down to the operating theatre, and I just stood there. Because up to that point, I did not want to be a granny. Because mm. I was like, I'm only 44. Come on. And and I looked at his little beautiful face and I thought, oh, he can call me granny. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> yeah. And then I was, um, Leah asked me to go to the birth of her son. And that was just fantastic. It was me and Jack, her husband. And... I watched him come into the world and I started crying. Jack was crying. Leo went, pull yourselves together, (laughs) the two of you. I am the one that's just had the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a woman in childbirth. (laughs) So funny. But like being able to be there for that though, because I think it's, it's not necessarily like now you don't hear it that often a lot of people don't have their mums do they there no but there was something so special about watching my child have her child it was just great Mm. it's one of the things I regret actually because I had mine she's three now in in lockdown and my parents couldn't even be at the hospital and they couldn't even see that you know that moment where you show them for the first time it was like another two weeks till they could come down or something which is a real shame yeah Um, gosh did you have it all by yourself well my partner came in. Oh, they let him in. Yeah, sort of at the very end when I was about to pop her out. <laughs> so that all of the hard bit yeah. was, I was he by missed. myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of relieved though, because you know when you're like, she don't need to see me like this. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure this is attractive. <laughs> yeah, I could just now go wild and not worry about it. Um, but yeah, luckily he was there, luckily. Oh, that's I know nice. some people didn't have them there at all. Mm. Um, well, when I had Jamie, um, my first husband didn't want to be in the room <gasps> yeah because so some men I, feel like that don't they i had at uh, 19 had it her him all by myself just with the doctors you i think that's yeah that's okay sad. you're now my hero <laughs> that is i think it's i didn't know any like, different yeah the thing is i really didn't know any different yeah i just think that's a horrible thing to have to do by i mean i say that i think you know um I've got two boys and when I had both of them, my husband was in the room. He wasn't very much used, to be honest. I was more concerned with the midwife. But somehow that still means something to me that he was in the room. Even if he was so proud of yourself, though, after that. Yeah, of course. I can't remember being proud of anything, actually. But when I had Leah and Ty, Ronnie was there. He was like a maniac. He'd be drinking. (laughs) He'd been up all night and he was like... So he's just there with a bottle of whiskey or whatever. (laughs) Jack Daniels. That is amazing. (laughs) And he was drawing me. He was taking Polaroids between my legs, you know. (laughs) No, he was not. Unbelievable. I've I've still got these Polaroids. (laughs) Baby's head coming out. Like I preferred it better the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally opposite. Oh, I I love that. That's so colourful. I I forget that he he does paintings, doesn't he? You've got like paintings. I've got some lovely drawings he did of an I was in the hospital pushing out the baby. Wow, that's yeah. so special. Yeah. And where are they? Where do you I've keep got those? Them all. Where, in the divorce, I got all my drawings. Oh, and do you, do you have them up? I suppose maybe it's too much to park yeah. around the house. Uh, I've got kitchen. one. <laughs> yeah, I've got one big one like that. And on it, Ronnie has drawn all different naked shot 
me in different positions naked just that they're all about that sort of size in the, but it's all on one thing and I said to Tyrone Ty I really don't know what to do with this picture would you like it he's <laughs> like why are you asking you're this? out of your mind mother I said well what am I going to do with it keep it in a cupboard for when I've gone <laughs> he said no nah. I said he said he wouldn't have it in that house in that house so where where are they now so that one's behind my bed because <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. I can't put it up. But I've got loads of them, got loads and loads of them. So I keep them in the storeroom. And it's a shame, really. I, love I should co- sell them. Yes, um, they'd go for loads of money, I'm sure. Mm. Joe's naked yeah. body. Well, it takes a lot of confidence <laughs> to pose naked. Genuinely, no, I don't I'm think I have that. Com- like, it's not that I'm unconfident. I've never done that. Like, do you, do you still feel that confident now? Would you do that now? Um... I don't know. Uh, if they were at a right, the right angle. <laughs> I was, You're like, okay, under these conditions. If I can stand naked in front of those Indian guys, I can do anything. <laughs> yeah, just you and your paper knickers being yeah. trodden on. <laughs> Draw me. Yeah, It's a lovely thing to have, though. It's yeah. lovely. I've got lovely pictures that he's done. He'd done ones when I was pregnant and, you know, just holding on to my tummy. And he'd done ones with Leah and it, it, I've got lovely pictures it's fascinating but I've just got too many of them and don't know what to do with them <laughs> definitely sell them yeah definitely maybe I should do a little um exhibition and yes. have everything for sale you should 100% mm. because they're just sitting that. here yeah just doing nothing yeah. yeah oh it's been so I think it's been so wonderful talking to you yeah. um, thank you so much for the joining year us ahead we're, we're coming up to Christmas and the new year are you the kind of person that has goals that makes plans that makes lists and resolutions or what what's coming for you in the year ahead? Um, uh, let me think. Um, I don't really make plans. I sort of go with the flow, but I I sort of have a thing in that I all right. I've got to do this. I've got to do that next year. I mean, I love working. I don't want to stop working. Uh, I want to be like Doris. Yeah, <laughs> and she's flying here there and everywhere but um yeah I do make resolutions but actually this year I mean I haven't really been drinking much I um stopped smoking years ago I mean what else is there to do you're running out of vices to cancel yeah that's it no more vices oh my god and I used to have so many (laughs) we can let each year you just lose one if you want we can lend you some of ours (laughs) Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast, Invite Only. Thank pleasure. you. Pleasure. Lovely to meet you. And speak Thanks to you again. soon. Yes, take care. Thank you. Thank Bye. you.